0: Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Eco Chow Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode we're going to be discussing the first week of the major three qualifiers in the Call of Duty League uh, which included the debut of Ghosty for Optic Texas and had some uh, lingering effects if you can call it that for the Toronto Ultra. Uh, and we're also going to, later in this episode, give our predictions for the second week of the major three uh, qualifiers. But before we do any of that, how are you doing, Bink?
1: Well, I'm doing well. You know, um, it was a interesting weekend, I'll say. Um. Not a ton of high-profile matches, but we had some upsets, some, uh, a little bit of drama, and uh, some, uh, like you said, debut in there for Ghosty, so... um was an interesting one ready to hop right
0: in yeah let's start with the friday february 17th matches which started with the los angeles thieves versus the las vegas legion a match that we both thought um you know rather one-sided considering the thieves are coming off of an incredible performance at the second major of the cdl season while vegas uh, did not perform very well and they have all season been struggling in two of the three game modes so of course when we pick the thieves the legion decide to put on arguably their best performance all season they win 3-1 uh and this is also notable because this is two reels returned to the cdo after having a pretty brief stint with the florida mutineers last year um let's get your thoughts on this because um i think we both think or we both thought at least that the thieves we're one of the best teams in the CDL heading into these qualifiers, and we should obviously mention that these are online qualifiers, so the the performances on land may not completely match up with what happens online, but we still both thought that the Legion have had so many issues in hardpoint and control that even with kind of the randomness of online that they would not be able to beat the uh, the Los Angeles Thieves. So what did you think when you're watching and you're seeing the Legion upset the Thieves to start off the week?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you, you give me 10 chances to predict this match, you know, given the same circumstances heading in. I'm, I'm picking the Thieves all 10 times. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's... Uh, and I was confident in that in the pick, and, and regardless of actually, like, pick um sake, like, you know, it's just the match you expect uh, the Thieves to win. So it was a, it was a good victory for uh, Vegas, especially with their position in the bottom of the standing. Any win is a good win for them. Um, but especially, like you mentioned, two reels returned to the CDL and his debut with this new team. Uh, certainly, you know, didn't get off to a great start because uh, to start this uh first match of the series here it was uh Mercardo's hard point that the thieves won 250 to 130 and uh two real went 12 and 23 so you know in in my mind and a lot of people's minds probably was thinking oh this is over uh you know two real I, I saw some jokes which i i don't know if it started last year or maybe it started this year in challenge but it was like 2.0 real versus 0.2 real um so regardless of that, I, I thought that was a little funny, but um, yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't an ideal start, but then we know Vegas has played, it's tough to say they've played well in Search, but, you know, Search has been the mode they've been able to more consistently win than uh, the other ones. So uh, they they get the Search win in map two to bounce back, then they pick up a hard-fought control and a 49-point hard point to uh, seal the uh, upset in this one. And if you look uh, at the, the scoreboard for those last two respawns in particular, two real went 32 and 21 in the control, and then he went 26 and 17 in the embassy hard point to close things out. So, um he played better after that first map and it it helped uh, Vegas pull off an upset against a really tough team. So um, I'm still, you know, I'm not ready to say Vegas are world beaters or anything like that after just this one win, but like we said earlier, it's an important victory for them and one that uh, could, you know, help them build some momentum going forward. Obviously uh, they had another match leader in uh, the week here. So, it uh, doesn't really matter in that much of a sense, but you know, at least at this point on Friday, I think things are looking really good for a strong start for Vegas in the Major Three qualifiers.
0: Yeah, definitely. It, w- it seemed that maybe Two Reels' addition might be something actually beneficial to the Legion, uh, which is not always the case. Even when we talked last week, um, we both, I think, came to the conclusion that. You know this is a good move to make a move for the legion because they probably had gotten to where they could have with prolute in the lineup or at least with that exact foursome and to bring in two real is probably a good idea to just try to get something different um of course we didn't think this would happen and we saw a little bit later in the week like you mentioned that uh, they came back to uh, down to earth uh you know briefly But, um, yeah, a very interesting, very, like, impressive win uh, for the Legion, Um, and especially for 2Real, like, this is a great first match for him, Um, you know, regardless of that first map, like, you have a, a bad first map, it happens, it's not like... The rest of the the legion had a great first map either and he played very well in the uh second and third uh or no in the third and fourth maps i was gonna say the second and third respawn but that doesn't really make as much sense um so very impressed with that but um i'm also just a little skeptical because i think this is kind of the the, the thieves mo to kind of disappoint or not be as strong when they get online they seem to be more of a land team so i think we just have to take these online results with a grain of salt to be honest with you
1: and i, th- I think we would be having a very different conversation about the thieves too uh if they didn't get the result that they got on sunday but we'll get there eventually
0: yeah of course uh the next match of the week minnesota versus new york um a a match that we both picked New York, and we were actually right. This is one of the few times I think, um, no, I, I, looking through the predictions, we actually did pretty well, but um, I thought this was going to be a, a pretty tough match, and it did prove to be a game five uh, because we've seen with Minnesota that they've, they're capable of, you know, kind of being a, a top-tier team or, you know, a top four or five team in the league, and we've also seen where they've just disappointed and not been that great. Uh, New York has been very consistent, I think, so far this season, and they came out and they won um, 3-2 over the Minnesota Rocker. Uh, what are your thoughts on this match, if you have any?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was really the Hydra show um, in particular. Yeah. I'm looking up. He went 15-6. and six. It did go Game 5, Round 11, uh, but Hydra dropped 15 in the uh, Game 5, which was a Bagra search. Um, I can't remember if it was back-to-back aces, or maybe it was an ace followed by a, Uh, a three kill round or something, but it was, it was late in that game five finder. Hydra kind of just took over. Um, and that's what you you expect, you know, heading into the season, there were rumors of him potentially being one of the highest paid players in the league, uh, all that sort of jazz. So, uh, that, that's what you expect out of a guy like him at this point now. Um, when, when numbers like that floating around and they've won an event this year already. So, um, you getting paid the big bucks. So that's what you, you you get paid to uh, clutch up in these online qualifier matches. So um, it is interesting though that uh, New York didn't win a hard point in this series. Uh, I think that's a little backwards just in my viewpoint of both teams. I, I expect Minnesota to be a better search team than New York um, and then New York to be a strong hard point team. But uh turns out in this series, Minnesota wins the hard points and, and New York takes the searches. So uh, that could be interesting, something to keep an eye on throughout the rest of these qualifiers. But um, this was a, a good win and, and you know a little bit of uh, revenge for New York after uh, facing the travel issues and then losing to Minnesota first round of the uh, major two in Boston so um, New York I, I think I was looking at it they, they have an interesting schedule for these qualifiers and and you know we'll go through that eventually but um, it, it was uh, a good win to start things off for them because obviously you know like I said they just played these guys and if they start 0-1 um, it might be a little bit of a different outlook but you know they were able to clutch up in that round 11 and uh, start out 0-1 or 1-0 and sorry
0: And I think this was the match where Hydra, he was drinking uh, McDonald's Coke, and uh, people were attributing that to his success in this series, which, I mean, (laughs) I'm not a Coke guy, so I can't confirm nor deny that, but
1: i can shout out f3 f3 was the one who i i he might not have been the originator in the cod scene but i he was the first time i heard about it he, he might have tweeted or said it on stream or something about like you know how how much he loved mcdonald's coke and uh it, it's i i know in particular the one closest to me the, the coke just hits different there so um obviously not for me uh in comparison to these guys playing on uh, McDonald's Coke but um I can at least attest that Mcdonald's Coke is is the truth
0: yeah maybe I should if i, I should start playing cod again I just exclusively drink McDonald's Coke to see if it helps <laughs> uh, at all um let's go to this next match because this has had some roster implications uh with it the Toronto ultra versus the boston breach um pretty pretty interesting uh just to start the series because you had Uh, Beans's, like, I don't want to say debut, but his debut as a starter uh, for Boston after Method's retirement following the second major. Beans came in uh, in the little break. Um, So he was playing his first match as a starter for the Breach. And Toronto, um, I think we both thought, and I, you know, I think we both probably still think uh, one of the better teams in the game. Um, I mean, just looking at the standings, they are one of the best teams, and third place. Yeah, third. Yeah, third place is uh is pretty good, I think, in the CDL. Um, so we weren't expecting anything to kind of change. Uh, maybe a little bit, you know, improvement uh, as they get used to this roster. But um, things changed. A three one for Boston uh, ended up resulting in a roster change for the Toronto Ultra, with Standy being benched. And uh, Hicksy, if I'm not mistaken, um, being brought in to replace Standy, and there was some drama about this. Um, but uh, first, let's just get your thoughts on the match and uh, Standy being benched by the Ultra.
1: Yeah. So to start with the match, I, I obviously I was very surprised with Boston taking this one. Kind of like you said, um, you know, this was wasn't Beans' debut, but it was his first online match as a starter uh, for this new Boston team following Methods retirement. And, uh, you know, Toronto was your pick to win Major 2. They were looking like one of the best teams in the game over the last couple months. Uh, They just had that one-off Saturday where they had that 06 map count at the Major. And technically, that means... You know, heading into this match, they're on a two-match losing streak, and they lose this one to Boston. They, they go on a three-match losing streak. But um, I certainly wasn't expecting there to be a roster change from this team, uh, especially considering just how how much potential I felt this squad had as the four-man roster that that they had and obviously uh looking at the standings when I see they're in third place and they make a a change like this it's kind of just eye-opening to me. So um I I was definitely surprised by the result of the match in particular. I was really surprised that that last match uh Breenberg Hotel Hardpoint was 250 to 242 and Boston wins it with beans going 12 and 28 by far the, the worst performance uh, in the map, and his, his 12 kills, the next closest is Standy with 21, so, like, it, it was really not a, a great showing out of beans, but it didn't matter, because they got the win in the end, so, um, that, that was a little weird, uh, in my, even in, in the first hard point, beans went 19 and 29, which was, uh, the worst performance in, in that map as well, so, um, might be some concerns there, just based on this match. Obviously, they they had a uh, another match after this, I believe. Yeah, they they played the very next match after this. So, um, but just after this initial match, I. I I wasn't really sure what was going on with Beans there was some banner between Scrappy and Beans on Twitter after too. Uh so that's always fun but yeah I mean it doesn't really matter we've said it many times in this podcast that don't matter if you get the win so uh Beans did enough to help the squad get a dub and it was a big upset in my eyes.
0: Yeah definitely a big upset um I mean like we said Toronto one of the better teams in the in the in the league Um, one of the higher teams in the standings. Boston has kind of struggled with a little bit of the consistency so far this season, and we didn't know, obviously, how this was going to go with Beans in the lineup replacing methods, Um, pretty sudden change because of the retirement. Uh, But for the Toronto, this roster change, um, pretty much coming out of nowhere, like no one i think could have predicted this i don't think Stanley predicted this from the things that he he said afterward um so when it, i guess so he got benched and he tweeted uh backstab so many times i started walking backwards that's a that's a nice line um, and he went on the flank and uh, kind of gave a little bit of the rundown on how this benching occurred Um, he said that he kind of took ownership of the game or of the match that they lost to Boston, felt like he played pretty poorly individually and told the players that, uh, I think he said he texted the group chat because they all stormed out. They were were disappointed, angry about losing to Boston. And he texted the group chat saying something along the lines of like, Hey, my bad today. Uh, you know, I'll be better or whatever, and didn't get a response from any of the teammates. And then um, some time passed, and uh, this is just from what he said, that he got a text message or a message of some kind from the coaches, and then he pretty much knew at that point that he was going to be benched. And uh, then he texted the players after he had been benched, kind of wishing them good luck. And I don't think they texted him back, so... Um, I mean, that's obviously just one man's word against, I mean, I don't think that any of the other players on Toronto have said anything, Um, but from that point of view, that is a really bad look for the Toronto players, just, like, not being transparent, nor, like, kind of respectful that this is, like, you know, kind of a crappy situation for everyone involved, and especially Standy, because he's being benched. This is not something that he expected, nor many people in the community expected, Um, and I don't think it, you know, really says a lot, or I think it says a lot about the team dynamics that they didn't even have like a conversation, didn't feel like they could have a conversation, I guess. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, obviously we should say it's like, it's, it's Standy's word, uh, and you know, I'm not saying that's a definitive thing, but, um, from his point of view, it does look pretty poorly for Toronto. So what do you think?
1: I just think the, the entire situation is pretty mind-blowing to me. I, I was extremely surprised that Standy was benched in the first place. Like I said, literally Toronto's in third place. um, And yeah, they were technically on a three-match losing streak when... Uh, they may make this move, but I, I don't think that's the reason. And obviously, yeah. if, you know, there's backstab, alleged backstabbing and stuff, um, there's probably more behind-the-scenes stuff. So it's not just one match. But, yeah, I mean, third-place team making a, a move like this with a very young roster that I think still has a ton of potential, Um and especially with Standy. I mean, we already saw what Standy did in his rookie year in the CDL. Uh, he was the guy who was brought in mid-season for Minnesota and completely reinvigorated that team and, and eventually led to the Minnesota Miracle against Toronto at the end of uh, the Cold War year. So um, I, I think very highly of Sandy as, as a player. Um, you know, obviously, it's only been a couple of years in the CDL now, but I think he just has a lot of potential. I, I feel like I'm being repetitive with that, but I, I, I do uh, think, you know, Solid submachine gun players are, you know, aren't the easiest thing to find, and I think he has a lot of. I'm pretty sure he, he's only 21 still, so he, he's still young. Um, and yeah, like like I was saying, you know, stats don't mean everything, but in that Toronto match in particular, he had the lowest KD on Toronto with a .86. But if you look at the season overall, he has a 1.05 overall KD on the year. I, I think that included that match, and even if it didn't include that match, then it maybe dropped to one point oh four. Um, regardless he he was having a good year, which you know is indicative because Toronto has seen success this year, although they haven't won tournaments and they had that one bad day at major two. Um, they were still a strong team in a lot of these qualifiers, and you know the, not even just you, but multiple people in the community had them as a potential winner for major two. um. So I was really surprised. It's nothing against Tixi. I I honestly just don't know much about him, other than the fact I'm pretty sure he subbed in for one match in the Vanguard year uh, for Toronto. But um, I think at best, this is like a lateral move for Toronto. I I don't know, unless it's like, you know, a vibe thing or behind the scenes thing. I'm not really sure. Um, how much of an upgrade Hicksie could possibly be over Sandy, um, but it is worth mentioning. You know, Hixie has that European connection with the the people behind the Toronto uh, coaching staff and and Kleenex and Insight, and then I'm I'm pretty sure he played with Scrappy on the Toronto Academy team last year. So, um, in in that regard, the move makes a little bit more sense, and and you know standy coming into the team could have could be seen as like that that outlier or um you know potentially in some people's eyes maybe he standy was the the person if this team was to make a change he was just like you know the the piece that had to be moved or something like that so uh i don't know i i just think i i think highly of standy i not sure if he's going to compete in challengers or maybe he will just sit on the bench until he gets potentially another cdl offer i don't, I don't really know but uh i'm hoping the best for him and I, I look forward to seeing him compete again because i i do think highly of him and i i look forward to watching him play again
0: yeah hicksy uh went he was on the ultra academy na roster with uh scrappy assault and vickle um so i mean obviously there is a connection there and he's been a part of the Ultra organization at least for a little bit um as for the reason for this i have to think that it's a vibe thing it's it's more of a personality or like a um a chemistry decision because it doesn't make any sense you know based on like what we're seeing to make this move so quickly right uh i looked at the stats so you're correct that they are technically on a three match losing streak because they lost their final two matches of the major, and then they lost their first, or they were at this point, I should say. Yeah, um, at this point. Uh, so they lost their match against Atlanta and against LAT. They were swept both times, and they were eliminated from the major at that point. It should be noted, Atlanta won the major, LAT got second at the major. So the, the two best teams at the tournament eliminated them. Of course, it sweeps. You, you say, like, what what went wrong, but, you know, like, it happens it happens to literally every team um so i i wouldn't read too too much into that it's a disappointing result for sure because i think they had the potential to win that tournament um but they didn't and i guess that is a big loss for them and then they lost this uh online match to boston 3-1 and looking at the stats in these three matches i will preface this by saying that uh that this is a very small sample size and it's just like no not indicative of like the actual like skill or anything. Um Standy had the worst KD in Hardpoint, worst KD in Search, and the worst KD in Control. So if you want to go by stats, I don't know I don't think that's what they were looking at when they made this decision. I'm almost positive that it wasn't a purely stats thing because that would be absolutely ridiculous and they would be getting roasted by pretty much any player or team when you, know, you factor in all of the roles uh, that are involved in Call of Duty. But if you're looking at the stats, it makes the most sense, I guess, for Standy to be replaced. But again, that's three matches, two matches being against who I think are the best teams in Call of Duty at the moment. Atlanta, I think, is by far and away the best team, and LAT is... If you don't think they're second, they're third. You know, like I don't think that there's much of a, a skill gap between Atlanta and LAT. So losing those two matches, and then you lose to Boston online in your first match of the online qualifiers, I just think that's, frankly, just kind of a ridiculous move to make. And I really hope that Standy, if he doesn't get an opportunity to play again with Toronto this season, I hope he finds his way to another roster that will give him a starting position so he can prove that he is talented, that he's worthy of a of being a starter in the CDL, because this is the worst thing, um, you know, and I, I put him in the same boat as someone like Illy, like those two players are way too talented to be ben- uh, benched, like on the bench for a team when there are other players that are just not nearly as talented or skilled as them that are currently starters. So I hope that we get to see Standy uh, starting sometime again in the C D L, whether that be for Toronto or another team. Um, but yeah, I I don't really get the move. I'm really with you on that one. Um, just kind of a baffling decision unless there were some behind the scenes stuff that we just won't know but i mean at at least from standy's point of view it wasn't that but he could be you know not being completely forthcoming if it was a a, like a potent like a a personality or vibe thing
1: and even if it was a a stats-based move for whatever reason i just i don't think of you know i could be completely off here but i'm I'm pretty sure i saw the stats some brief stats from challengers i i just don't think of Hixie as like the, a superstar smg who's going to come in and drop a 1.2 right like um that's a, if, if standy is not playing well statistically then um potentially trying to bring in a, a, a heavy slaying sub could be the answer because you have kleenex who's going to be that guy just flying around the map. And there's going to be tons of maps where he just goes 30 and 30, 35 and 35, just a ton of engagements and going one for one with kills and deaths. So um, having another sub to pair alongside him who you know can either match his pace or uh, be that guy behind Kleenex entering to get his trade, um, That that's going to be where some of those numbers come in. So I don't know. I just... I, I think it, it will definitely be interesting to see how Hixie performs for this team going forward. And uh, kind of like you said, I I will be excited to see if Stanley gets another opportunity and I will definitely be excited to see his first matchup against this team. If that happens this year. And I hope it does.
0: One last thing before we move on. Uh, and I just remember this as you were talking, but I'm pretty sure in the off season, it was, uh, a thing that was being rumored that Hixie and Scrappy were going to get called up to be paired with Cami and Kleenex, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or not Cammy, uh Kleenex and Insight.
1: Um, I do remember that now, yeah. So
0: I, I, I believe that was the rumor that they, that they were going to bring up two from Ultra Academy NA, and they were going to pair them with two current Ultra Starters. Um, I wonder if that played a factor at all that they had been thinking, you know, rumored, uh, I guess, to be thinking about hixie in the off season. Um, it, it's just something that to uh, to wonder about, like the ultra, like management or the ultra roster building at this point, because this is the first time that Marky e. B hasn't been a part of that process, which is uh, definitely <laughs> uh, definitely something the to, to think about because Marky e. B has been kind of like the head guy at least for the roster building for 3 4 years and then he went to LAG uh and became uh their guy and now they don't have that so they they went with Standy in the off season a very surprising move at least from my point of view to bring him in in the first place because I figured that Minnesota were going to try to do their best to keep him or you know I just didn't expect Toronto to go for him um, uh, but I do wonder if that had anything to do with it that Hixie had been rumored to be joining uh, Ultra in the off season, and then he ended up being another you know a substitute for them to start the season. So um, something to to keep thinking about. Um, we will have another Toronto uh, match to talk about with Hixie, uh, you know, starting uh, a little bit later in the show.. Um, Let's kind of uh, pick up the pace, I guess, uh, because we're already about half an hour in and we've only gotten through three matches. Uh, so, Boston versus London, nothing um, too, too surprising uh, here. Although I did pick London, I didn't feel very confident, if I remember correctly, because I felt that, um, well, one Boston I did not know what they would look like with beans and London I just never feel confident in London so I I ended up going with the Royal Ravens and that decided or that turned out to be a bad decision for me uh Boston win this 3-2 any thoughts on this match
1: I just think it's important you know we were talking just now about the the Beans performance in the Toronto match especially struggling in that uh that game 4 hard point he ends the series with A uh, 1.32 KD, 74 kills, most in the series. So uh, obviously there is, in both of our eyes and many people's eyes, a a big difference between playing against Toronto and playing against London. But nevertheless, this was a a good, it was good to see Beans have a solid performance, especially after uh, not having the best map for against Toronto, even though it was a win. So 2-0 week
0: for Boston. Next match of the week Atlanta versus Florida not a surprising result Florida had made a bunch of roster changes heading in and Atlanta best team in the game coming off of their major 2 victory um any thoughts on the Florida uh you know debut I guess because this is a, a very different roster than what we saw Florida with so far in the season a lot of roster changes during this uh mini break between major 2 and the major 3 qualifiers any Kind of overarching thoughts, first impressions of this new Florida roster. Uh, I mean,
1: I, I think this is, you know, even if Faze weren't the reigning major champions, uh, in my eyes, they're still the best team, so this is literally the hardest matchup any team could have
0: Never. as their
1: first match for a new squad. So, very hard to have any takeaways from this Florida team, I think. I, I still like uh, the concept of the changes they made. It's just hard for them. You know, I, I'm not expecting them to come out and pull off an upset in uh, this matchup here, so... um Faze took care of business, and you know, I still want to see more out of Florida, so I, I don't really have much uh, in particular. It's for, I, I just feel like it, it's unfair to judge Florida based on this match.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a, a bad match to kind of get a gauge on where they are as a team. Um, let's start with, uh, or let's go to Optic versus um, LA, or yeah, is this LAG? optic Optic versus lag i lost my place there um so optic starting with ghosty for the first time uh, his cdl debut his pro debut which is really wild um we talked about it last week how he pretty much like the first guy in over a decade to play for optic without you know having been a pro before um as a starter uh so a lot of I don't know if expectations are the word because we use that word a lot with Optic, but it was definitely a pretty highly anticipated match just to see how he would play with this new roster. Um and overall I think like he he performed pretty well uh, all things considered, but he definitely wasn't the Optic player that people were, you know, talking about um, after this match. That would be Hook. Um and in particular that game 5 uh 6-1 S and d when he ends up going 14 and 1 in the map just like really really carries optic to the win um pretty dominant uh victory for them as a team but uh, a really dominant showing for him as an individual uh your thoughts on hook's incredible game five and optics first win with ghosty on the roster?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure Nameless tweeted it. Yeah, Na- Nameless, like, beat me to it, because I was thinking it, and he, I saw the tweet, so I didn't tweet it after, but that was literally, it, in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking of flashbacks to young Hook the Nuke back in AW, just absolutely dominating kids. Like, that was prime Hook showing up when Optic needed him, and, you know, obviously, First online qualifier match, so not the biggest stakes, and certainly not the most important match Hook has ever played in, but it was a it was a good win. Um, obviously, we starting one and zero is better than going zero one, so um, wasn't the toughest team for them, but you know LAG pushed it to a game five, or uh, actually they they won two and three, so Optic were able to uh, rebound from going down two one to force a game five, and then just dominate in that one, so. Um that was good to good to see. I think in particular too, if I remember, that the the game one hotel hard point was just pure dominance, twenty two two fifty to one twenty-seven. Um
0: your boy Joe deceives not having a good time on that Yeah, map. did
1: not have a good time in that map. And then in the second hard point. Shots, he went 34 and 26. Uh, I remember he was absolutely piecing in that one, and it was kind of overlooked just because of Fook's performance mm. in map five. Um, but I will say, too, just in general, Exceed had a really good series, too. He dropped 22 kills... Uh, in that game one where LAG just got dominated, that, that was the most in the entire kill or in the entire lobby. Uh, Hook had 20, which was the most on Optic, and this next closest on his team, Arcade's and Assault, both had 12. So Exceed uh, played really well there. He had 12 kills to lead map two. Um, he had 21 in in the control, which is, you know, decent. And then he had 32 again, uh, in game four, which was just behind shots. He's 34. So exceed played really well in a losing effort. Um, But like you said, it was really that the hook, the nuke show in game five. uh, That was the big talking point of this one. And uh, it is worth just mentioning real quick, too, that Ghosty uh, had a .93 KD in his first game, 65 and 70. I believe he had, I I don't know, do we have the, uh, Breaking Point doesn't have the the hill stats. I'm pretty sure he had over two minutes in the hill in map one. Um, Don't know his hill time for game four, but... um, you know, that's a stat that could be overlooked. If, if he's the one uh, sitting in the hill, allowing Shotzi, who can dash, you just slay out around him, then, you know, going a little negative isn't going to be the end of the world for this team. So, uh, solid start for OpTic. Obviously, you know, like you were saying earlier, you, OpTic fans would have much preferred a 3-0 with a 250-0 to 0 hard point, 6-0 search, and 3-0 control. But uh, things aren't always going to go that way. So, uh, looking forward to seeing more out of this squad still uh, in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, um I I think that's a great gig to if you can get it to uh be the OBJ player for Optic, you know, have these little de- demons running around you, killing everybody on the map, and then you're just sitting in the hill like, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna work. Um I mean it's kinda similar uh, and, to what and, and, and... TP was doing in complexity, like he had three of the best players of all time just around him and TP's great, and I'm not saying that ghosty's not great, but Just the idea of having, like, some of the most talented players of all time around you does really help when you need to be, like, the OBJ player. What were you going to say?
1: I was just going to say, I mean, you know, we're talking about Ghosty doing this in his first match when (laughs) he's coming off dropping a 1.3 in Challenger, so uh, it's not like he's definitely, or it's definitely not like he's incapable of slaying, it's just, you know, based on the initial stats when a team is winning by 125 points and a hard point, um, it's hard to judge numbers just based off that alone. He did say, um, let me pull up the the recap real quick, because uh, obviously did they did the uh, post-match interview with Ghosty in his first match. Um, and his quote in that one, they Puckett just asked him what, how it felt uh, to get that first win. He was like, I'm not happy that it went to map five, obviously, but it's good to get a gritty series in. Uh, for the first one, I kind of got slammed in the maps two and five, but Kyler is literally the greatest um so that's just you know building off that initial reaction because it's right after the game five but you know ghosty he went he, he went five and eight in map two and one and four in map five which again can't really yeah. judge much of the numbers from map five because when a guy's dropping 14 that's so only so many kills you can get but yeah when he's averaging
0: uh, <laughs> two kills per round that you can't you can't really do a whole lot
1: yep so uh I think, you know, getting the W is important for this new optic roster. Uh, I still just want to see more out of them and and looking forward to that over the next couple of weeks before they, we get to their own home major.
0: Yeah. That's a little bit of why I was going to say that optic they're going up against LAG, who I don't think is a very strong team in the league. And especially with this roster, they're kind of still trying to figure out if it's going to work and, and everything. Um, so it's, Like, and it's online, so it's really hard to kind of gauge where Optic will be. Um, I mean, they, like, even before they were a a very good team, like, you know, we, we didn't really get to see them, like, have a long stretch with any, like, with any single roster. Like, the longest stretch was literally that first, you know, set of qualifying matches in the first major of the season you know, when they had scump in the lineup, but even then that was only two weeks of qualifying matches versus like the three weeks we've been getting since then. Um, so we really haven't had a lot of time to see what a solid roster for optic can look like, hopefully for them and all of their fans, they will actually get that this time around, maybe be able to stick around for the entire season with this, this new lineup, but, um, it's, you know, not entirely impressive, uh, because it's LAG. You know, I'm not, no disrespect to LAG. I am a merch buyer. I have supported this team more than like 99% of people on earth, but uh, you know, this team's just not very good. So it's kind of hard to see where optic is at. Um, it's almost like the exact opposite of what we were talking about with Atlanta and Florida, like Florida's going up against Atlanta. Like how much can they prove? Like, unless they really play them close, then like, we can't really see what they're made of. Um, so. Uh, it's going to be more interesting to see what Optic can do over these next two weeks, and of course when we get to uh, Arlington and we get to the the third major of the season. Uh, last match of Saturday, Seattle versus Minnesota. I am so tired of the Seattle surge. This team <laughs> is really annoying. Um, I I don't even remember how many losses they they had before this, uh, or like what their overall season record was before this match but you know i did the logical thing and i picked minnesota to win this match because even at their worst minnesota has not been like we can't win search and destroy they haven't been that bad or seattle had lost pretty much every search for like the last two months turns out seattle decided to win search on saturday and they won this series 3-0 um you pick Seattle because you're a genius, apparently, so tell me why you picked Seattle and what you saw that made you so happy with the surge beating uh, the rocker I told you, man, and we've talked about it numerous
1: times with this Seattle roster in particular just over the last two years it's just that seesaw they they go back and forth and they were on the down down uh, Part last major two and now it's their time to b- bounce back and you know I, I don't think I can't remember if they went 0-5 and 5 in major two qualifiers I didn't know it wasn't good because they started in losers and they've lost the one match to Boston and got eliminated first round but uh, didn't play in major two so now they're just gonna go 5-0 and and then uh, major three qualifiers it only makes sense um but jokes aside, yeah, I mean, that's the most important thing is Seattle was actually able to win a search and destroy, and it's crazy what happens when you're you're not consistently losing arguably the most important mode um, in a best-of-five series. Um, I, I, it is worth mentioning the first hard point on uh, Hydro hard point was very close to 52-40, uh, but then the search was 6-1, and uh, the control was 3-0. So it is worth mentioning, too, that this means the rocker went 0 three and search this week because they had those two s d losses to New York as well. Um, so that's a little surprising for me, kind of like we were talking during that New York Minnesota series. Um, so I will have my eyes on uh, Minnesota's search heading into this next week of qualifiers to see what they're able to do because that like I said earlier, I just expect Minnesota to be a strong search team. Um, but yeah, this is an important victory for Seattle to try and get, uh, back on the right foot. And I will definitely be interested to see how the squad uh, responds in, in their upcoming matches if they're
0: able to build off this. To illustrate how stupid Seattle's season has been. First stage. Uh, so these are the online uh, qualifying matches. They went one and three. Then they go to the major, the first major of the season. They win five of their seven matches of so five and two at the major. Online stage two, one and four. Major 2, 0 and one, get knocked out by Boston. And then so they I mean, win like a four and one. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I I'm so like I mean the I guess like you look at who they've beaten and like they beat London a few times, which you know, not impressive at all. Um but then they've beaten LAT, they beaten New York, and they beaten Atlanta, they've beaten New York again, and now they beaten Minnesota. Minnesota's not as impressive as those other wins, but I just I don't know how to predict this team like if you're if anyone is listening and you bet on the Seattle Surge you are a maniac because there's no idea like they could just wake up and be like one of the best teams in the game they just they got second at the first major and then got first rounded at the second like there's no way to predict how this team does because we also saw this was how it happened last year right they I think they got like top 12 at one of the majors and then they ended up winning a major so w- this all over the place um definitely i if if i could just not pick their matches i would but you know i'm a man of my word i will pick their matches and probably get it wrong um which is really annoying uh, Sunday, February 19th, uh, uh, thankfully we didn't have any more Seattle matches to make me angry. Uh, New York versus Florida started off, uh, no surprise there, New York wins 3-0. Uh, any thoughts on that?
1: Same thing as the Atlanta match, man. I mean, literally Florida has to play the Major 1 champs, or they play Major 2 champs followed by Major 1 champs. Uh, not not surprising, they, they weren't able to win a map, I guess that's noteworthy, but still, I, I need I need to see more just bigger sample size from the squad before I can properly judge them. I feel
0: well, good news is it'll probably get easier from here because you don't have to play Atlanta or New York. You would think,
1: but uh, it actually doesn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it might get like 1% easier is, but it's still like, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty difficult. Um, Vegas versus Toronto. uh, We've kind of like teased this earlier in the show. Uh, this was the first match for Hicksy as uh, a starter for the Ultra, uh, replacing Standy in the lineup. And this is also the second match of uh, Vegas's week after having that really big win to start the weekend, uh, beating LAT. And of course, Vegas—they have a you know very high—and then they ended up losing this to Toronto. Uh, what would you think of Hixie's debut, and uh, what do you think of Vegas kind of coming back down to earth after their win over LAT?
1: Uh this was a a banger search in this one too. I d I don't know the exact number, but there were multiple ninja diffuses in, in this one. Um and it went down to around eleven. Um so again, we've talked about Vegas' search. Uh that is the only thing they were able to win here, but uh outside of that Toronto had uh was pretty much in control for this series. Um I think you know, looking at the stats overall for the series, it kind of illustrates what we were talking about with that, uh, the roster change, you have Insight going 57 and 45 for a 1.27. So it's a good KD, but very low interactions, especially compared to Scrappy going 81 and 59. Uh, It's a a 1.37, so it's a higher KD than Insight, but he literally has more deaths than uh, Insight has kills. I mean, even... 81 kills compared to 57 plus 45 would be 102. So I guess it's not that close, but, uh, you know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. insights playing a little bit slower than scrappy. So scrappy has more interactions there and then Kleenex 72 and 71. That's like I was saying earlier, he's, he's going to be that sub guy going in, uh, high interactions, uh, trying to, you know, set the pace, entry into the objectives, all that. Uh, Hixie has the lowest KD with uh, 64 and 75. So I think that kind of breaks down the roles a little bit on this squad. Um, it's just H- Hixie is kind of going to be that role player in my mind. And um, if, if Insight and Scrappy are able to slay behind Kleenex, then they really, you know, doesn't matter that much but uh obviously still one series here uh gonna have to see more of the squad before we can properly evaluate them uh as we're i'm seeming to say about a lot of these teams right now but i, I mean again it's it's online cod and at most it's two matches of online cod for for some of these rosters and in cases like this uh with a, a midweekend change it's literally one match so uh tough to get a good baseline of, of some of these squads but um, I, I do think that that breakdown of just uh, Toronto stats for this series uh, kind of illustrates just my mindset of of what I expect from this squad, um, and if we get to that point where maybe not even necessarily Hixie, but um, if Hixie's going to be that role guy, maybe Hixie's the guy who's at the 1.0 and Kleenex steps it up to, uh, you know, even just be that superstar that, you know, you know, you know what I think about Kleenex. Like mm-hmm. um, if he's even able to uh, kick things up a notch more than he already is, like to our, Toronto could definitely be scary. And, and in that con- contender uh, mindset that people had heading into major too.
0: Yeah. Uh, last match of the week. Atlanta versus L.A.T., something that we were both looking forward to. I think it was the most anticipated match of the uh, the weekend, the rematch between the two grand finalists uh, for the last major. And uh, I don't want to say that I told you so, but I told you so. Uh, L.A.T., you know, I I still think Atlanta uh until it's on land until i'm proven otherwise i think atlanta is the best team in the game but when it comes to these online matches i think there's a little bit of a difference when it comes to lat and phase um, even though lat i don't think is a particularly strong online team i just think when they go head to head it's a little bit different um, and lat did end up pulling this one out 3-1 um, and it wasn't you know, that close. Um, at least in the hard points, they weren't like super tight. Uh, but FaZe did end up winning the search. Um, any thoughts on this as we wrap up uh our recap from the week? I mean, I was expecting
1: Thieves to be one and one this week because mm-hmm. I was expecting them to beat Vegas and lose to Atlanta. So um same record, but just very different outcome for both yeah. of their matches in my mind. So, um, it is worth mentioning, like you said, Atlanta was able to take the search. They still are incredibly strong in search and destroy. By far, the best search and destroy game team in the game right now. Um, there's just that that control came down to a game five, but the Thieves kind of, uh, you know, a 250-172 map one win, 250-195, um, not necessarily blowouts but not you know ten point matches either so um interesting that you know it was online and obviously LA playing from LA Atlanta playing from Atlanta um could be those factors and in, in there who knows what's going on but um r- regardless it I think I I think the thieves winning this just makes their matchups even more interesting going forward because if Atlanta just came in and kind of you know steamrolled them like you know yeah maybe not as many people would have cared but uh, Thieves getting immediate revenge even though it's an online match it it just sets makes the storyline and I'm not going to call it a rivalry necessarily but uh, it just makes this matchup stronger for any more potential uh, rematches throughout this year.
0: Yeah, I think it's a rivalry in the sense that like these are two of the best teams. Uh, I, I look at it like if you're looking at the NFL, something like Kansas City and Cincinnati or, you know, Cincinnati and Buffalo, Kansas City and Buffalo, like uh. these, these teams that are just going to be at the top or near the top all the time and they're going to meet each other just because they are both very good teams. Um, but yeah, it's not the same as like... Uh, whatever like envy versus optic would be it was more and i guess that was kind of like a championship rivalry as well but there was also just a lot of contention um there uh between like players and teams and whatnot so it's you have that here though yeah that's true there there was uh, a little bit of banter uh to put it lightly on twitter um a little bit of uh, emojis being used that could be uh, um a a little accusatory uh, to bring out a big word um, coming from slasher. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I looked at Twitter and I saw like what was happening and I was like, I love this. I love this scene so much. Like, because you don't usually, (laughs) you know, after an NFL game, you don't go on Twitter and you're see like these players accusing each other of drug use or anything. So only in cod.
1: I just got to say that, you know, our listeners most likely don't follow the LCS, but uh, mm. to put it, you know, very simply, there was a a, a trash talking incident in the LCS in their match. It, I think it was either Thursday or Friday because they play on Thursday and Fridays now, um, where a rookie player on Team Liquid typed in all chat in League of Legends, obviously on the computer. They have a chat that you can communicate with the other team much game during the chat game. For COD. But you not audio. It's it's yeah, messaging. Yeah. Um, and he uh, uh, allegedly said like that Cloud9 was worse than, um, or that Cloud9's academy team was better or Liquid's academy team was better than Cloud9. I don't remember exactly, but it was it was an insult towards Cloud9 about being worse than a academy team, either Cloud9s or Liquids. Regardless, um, there was in-game trash talk. Then post match, the um. Cloud, one of the Cloud9 veterans did not shake hands with the player who typed that in the game, and lead Twitter was set ablaze over, over there not being a post-game handshake. And all I'm thinking in the back of my head, that sounds like a regular day.
0: God. Yeah. Like, we literally had, <laughs> like, a former world champion, like... Not not explicitly, but implicitly saying like you use Adderall. Like that that was the implication that many people got from this. And then we had all of the drama about Draza's girlfriend like blocking people on his account. Like that was funny. <laughs> and then we have Draza and Simp going back and forth about stare glitching. Like, I mean, honestly, Draza is very good for this this COD community because he's had a few incidents where it's just like he brings the entertainment aspect of this of this scene that we've kind of missed with some of the retirements that have happened over the years aches being one of the biggest that like we just never got it fully replaced but draza is doing his best to keep up his part so i I very much appreciate him for that yeah but again um i mean i guess we could just mention because you know we're We're almost an hour, but I think we should mention about the, like, the snaking stuff that, you know, Jem Jem brought it up in our group chat, and a lot of people were talking about it just, you know, as the games are happening, that's pretty much like a weekly occurrence that there's like a snaking, you know, discussion on Twitter. Um, I think everyone knows what snaking is, but it's, you know, for the people that don't know what snaking is, it's just literally hitting your crouch button over and over again, and like, or, you know, you can go prone, and it's pretty much... It makes it impossible to kill you because you are essentially just like up, 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 or up, down, up, down, up, down, like behind a counter, and it's ridiculous. It's just a, it's something that's happened. I, I don't know for like a decade now in COD, like or or close to it. Uh, but the biggest offender or the people that uh, or the person that people accuse the most of doing this is Um You can do it too, Phase Up uh he's he's pretty good at it, I'll say um and it's been a big thing uh I guess what's your take on snaking and like its place in cod and like all of the discussions that have been you know happening around this issue for the cod community
1: yeah i I could talk about this for a while, but I'm not gonna do that um the the t l d r version at least in this match in particular, the drama was apparently around stair glitching, which I didn't know was like as big of a because like they were they were talking about it on twitter like it it being g8 and stuff and um i guess like maybe i've seen it in game but i i didn't realize it was like as big of a thing as like actually needing to be ga but Mm -hmm. apparently like if you're on one of the lower steps of a staircase you can still see like as if you're on the top and the other team can't see you or something to that effect there was a screenshot um where slasher was saying like no he's not doing that he's he's crouched at the staircase or whatever but um regardless of that any anything like that that is you know it's not you know a gun or an attachment you can put on a gun it's incredibly difficult to police especially snaking as as you mentioned um in my experience snaking was really bad in the original mw3 uh that was my first taste of it way back in the day and then i feel like for a while in some of these games like like you know there was blur glitching and in black ops 2 but like you know I've, if i think about black ops 2 i don't really think about snaking i don't really think about uh-huh. it in Ghost that much obviously the jetpack era it wasn't as much of a thing it's really just the slide canceling era in the more recent years where it became super prevalent um and I say not in the jetpack area, but IW snaking was really bad. There yeah, was that that that's... whole saga with like splice, and it was even Celium uh, mm-hmm. snaking on one of those pedestals on a. I don't even. remember. I think the map was called Scorch. I don't. I don't even yeah. remember the, that game. that's enough, the but, one I remember. Um, like
0: where I was like, oh, this is probably yeah. a really big issue.
1: Regardless of all that, just the the act of snaking is is so hard to police and GA, mm-hmm. where it, it's gotten to this point now where it's literally all the pros are like, there, there's nothing we can do about it, so everybody's just going to do it. Until the developers step in and make it so that you cannot snake. They kind of did it in Cold War, but it was still like, you were able to do it a little bit, but it wasn't as bad. Like They, they made it so like, um, I forget their exact wording, but it was basically like if you did like the, the crouch stand-up, crouch stand-up, like twice after that, if you tried to do it a third time, it was super slow, mm-hmm. and you weren't going to get that same animation. Um, until the developers do something to just completely eradicate the ability to do it. And obviously it's really hard. I, I don't know anything about developing games, so I, I don't know how you could do it, because literally, like in my mind that the, the way you would do it is just remove being able to crouch and crone which would be a major shift in call of duty so you would have to balance trying to fix snaking with not removing those uh that 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 movement or ability to go to crouch and prone um until something happens on the developer side in-game, it's just going to be something that is seen in, in-game, especially now. Some of these maps, like Hotel in particular, that one control point in the restaurant, like you just see, I think it, the, the phrase I've seen thrown around is like tornado snaking or something. They literally are just snaking in a circle because there's five entrances in that point, And you're just snaking, just looking at all five in a circle, going back and forth, back and forth. Um until something happens on the developer side, it's going to be extremely hard to uh, adjust it because mm-hmm. we we've seen in the past, even the, the pros have tried to GA it and police it themselves. And it's just impossible. And I, I, I think, I, I think it was tiny who was uh, briefly a sub for the Minnesota rocker in the, in the first CDL season. I don't think he ever actually played or anything, but he's a, he's an S and D kid. Um, I forgot the actual clip, it might have been with Prolude actually, but like there was a CMG uh, match or wager he was playing and they got forfeited in a round because um, the the player he was playing with, I believe it was Prolude, but I'm not going to say it just in case I'm wrong. got accused of snaking and it's actually banned on cmg and it was like one of those things where he was behind the bomb and he he prone behind the bomb to try to plan it and then he went back up and he went down to reload and he popped back up and you it's one of those things where it's the gray area where it, it it definitely after watching the clip i could see how it was construed as snaking but it's kind of like what do you want him to do you want him to just stand behind the bomb yeah. reload and get shot um so that's the thing with me like there there are so many instances in cod where a player runs out of ammo, just goes prone behind something to reload, and then pops back up really quick. Is that snaking? In my eyes, no, but, you know, based on the circumstances in-game, other people could think that's snaking because they aren't there in the previous engagements to see what led to that player having to, you know, go through laying down and reloading all that. Um, So I kind of went on a tangent there, but um, I I could even talk about it more. I'm super passionate about it i just think it is unfortunate that it is something we're going to have to deal with but like i said until uh developers step in and and just find a way to reasonably fix it because again i i think getting rid of going prone and getting rid of crouch is probably the easiest way to do it but that just completely changes the game um so i don't have the answer of how we get rid of sneaking on the developer side or in the game but until that actually happens it's going to be really hard to Uh, police it and we're probably just going to see the pros continuing to do it because like you said, you can do a two phase up.
0: Yeah. I, I fully agree with you. Um, There's just, I I said it in our group chat, but if you're in a one V one in, you know, game five, round 11 of a major champs and the difference between winning and losing is you snaking. Almost all of these players are going to snake And then they'll just be like, yeah, I did it. Like, I'm sorry, or whatever. But, like, I'm still cashing the check. I'm not giving it back. And it's you can't expect the players that have been accustomed to abusing mechanics throughout their entire careers. Like, Shotzi is a very good example of someone who has found ways to manipulate the game to just be, like, one of the craziest players, like, at least in terms of movement. And selling in a lot of the same ways has been, you know, like, he was whatever 16 years old or whatever when he in IW and he's getting banned from eights because he's so good that they can't even deal with it like the pros can't even deal with it like these players kind of figure out how the game works and what they can do to get advantages even if they're just very slight or very temporary advantages um so it's it's ridiculous to even ask the players like don't do this in the moment it's a little bit different like not to use an op gun because like yep. you actually have to make a loadout snaking is a split a de- uh, split second decision call of Duty happens very fast and if you do it and eat, maybe you instinctively do it it's not even like oh i'm going to snake it's like holy crap like up down up down or and then you're just like oh i snaked and then you kill the the guy and they're they're pissed on twitter but i think at the end of the day it's all on the developers if the developers can't figure it out then you know you ask the players like try not to do it but you understand that it probably will be done anyway and it's still on the developers like they have to figure out a way to, to combat snaking in some way i know in CS:GO, like you can't crouch um like s- several times in a row like it gets really slow and if maybe you just put a cooldown on Crouching to put a cooldown on prone like that's really the only way that I think you could do it and still maintain like all of the same features and whatnot, but I mean, let's just be honest, we're probably not gonna get that because it's it's only been a problem for like years and years, so yeah i i I don't think anyone should get their hopes up, but that would probably be the best solution if you know if anything were to happen, but I think we both know that nothing will happen. Um, which is unfortunate, but you know, we're not surprised at all. Um, Yeah. So let's talk uh, about these next uh, week of matches. Um, Before we do that, uh, pick them records. So you are 46 and 36 after a seven and three week one, I am 43 and 39. uh, So three games back after a six and four week one. So a little bit of room to make up for me, but uh, we both had a relatively good week i will blame seattle and london for <laughs> not making up any ground um so major three week two uh qualifiers we get uh another 10 matches friday february 24th we start off the week atlanta versus london i'm gonna go with atlanta but i'm expecting london to win now uh, i'm assuming <laughs> you're gonna go with atlanta as well i most definitely am Toronto versus Optic, I think I have to go with Optic. I'm just very unsure about this ultra roster. What about you? Yep,
1: I'm going with Optic too, but I think this could be a good one. Uh, Still, technically, we've seen one match of both of these teams with their latest roster, so a little bit of a honeymoon phase potentially for both squads, and both squads were... Uh, in the top half of the standings before these roster changes too. So uh expecting this to be a good one either way, but I'll go with Optic.
0: Final match of Friday, LAG versus Boston. I think this is going to be a pretty interesting matchup. Um, I don't think either of these teams are very strong. And I, I think I have to go with Boston. I, I really don't have any confidence in either team though.
1: Yep. I'm going with Boston too. They are 2-0, so. Yeah. But uh, yeah,
0: I'm not... Not feeling that pick, uh, really at all. Saturday, February twenty fifth, uh, starting with New York versus Toronto. Definitely not picking against New York at this at this point in time.
1: Yeah, I'm going with New York too. That's this is I, when we were talking about Florida for some reason. I mixed it up with Toronto, but I knew. Uh, so, so Toronto plays Optic in New York back to back days. It's a pretty tough schedule. Yeah. But uh, I, I'll take New York here.
0: Seattle versus LAT. Um, who who knows? This is like just. Just flip a coin. Um, I'll go with the Thieves because, like, I can't pick Seattle. Like, I, with a good conscience, I cannot pick them at their point in time. They are just too unpredictable, too wild for me. Um, who are you going with? Yeah,
1: I can't take Seattle here, so I'll go with LA too.
0: Florida versus Boston. I'll go with Boston.
1: Definitely not. Yeah. I'm going Boston too. That means I four and potentially for Boston, which would be pretty wild considering circumstances.
0: Atlanta versus Vegas. um I I so want Vegas to win just to <laughs> just for the memes. But uh, I'm going with Phase.
1: A lot of chalk here. Yeah, I, I got to go with Phase two. But you know,
0: Phase plays
1: London and Vegas. Maybe they they. Uh, come in a little lackluster or just, Mm. you know, thinking easy matches on paper and somebody catches them by surprise, but um gotta expect Faze to win this one.
0: The only thing with that match is Vegas is also a very good search and destroy team. Um I mean Atlanta's you know the best search and destroy team at the moment, but you know if there's a team that could steal the second map, they just have to really force it to a game five which is a lot easier said than done for for Vegas at this point. Um Sunday February 26th LAG versus London starting it off I'm going to go with LAG but you know uh you know I'm not going to watch that match I'm going to have to <laughs> I'm going to have to ignore the stream at that point I'm going with LAG too Minnesota versus Optic I'm going to go with Minnesota I don't Ooh. I I like Minnesota so I just need to pick them at least once
1: All right that's our first different one I'm going with Optic
0: and Florida versus Seattle, oh, my do God. Do it. Do oh, it. I'm definitely not picking Florida, so it's going to be Seattle. <laughs> I I can't do it. Like I mean, I, I don't want to pick Seattle, but I'd much rather pick Seattle than pick it was, the uh, what
1: You were saying earlier that, that you didn't want to pick Seattle for a match, and I saw this one. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so funny. I was hoping you would do it. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with Seattle, too.
0: Yeah. This is ridiculous. Uh, a lot of chalk <laughs> this week, but also, I mean, kind of that chalk is just some bad teams playing other bad teams or mediocre teams playing other mediocre teams. It's going to be um, a pretty obviously interesting week because we'll be going into our final week uh, next weekend, um, going into like the qualifiers and whatnot. And. It could have some pretty big seeding implications, especially if, you know, Seattle somehow goes like 2-0 and this week, then like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to believe heading mm-hmm. into the final weekend of qualifiers. Um, So that about does it for the show. Make sure to subscribe, like, or follow the feed wherever you're listening or watching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, etc. Make sure to give us a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, at JBink with two Ks, at Prez and at egochildpodcast. I told Bink earlier that I'm going to really try to be more active on the, the podcast Twitter you know, post more clips and stuff, um, you know, interact with anybody that's listening or wants to tweet at us, so uh, at Ego Child Podcast on Twitter. Um, next show will be um, one of the last days of the month, uh, either February 27th, 28th, uh, which means that uh, the podcast will probably be going up like the 28th or the 1st of uh, March, which is crazy that we're already gonna get into March uh but next week we'll be you know covering the matches uh from this upcoming week uh talking about any any major things that are happening kind of going through the the matches like we do and they're also gonna give our picks for the third and final uh week of qualifying matches before we get to major three but yeah that about does it uh, Bink, take it away yeah nothing much for me
1: thank you guys as always from tuning in should be Uh, interesting matches this weekend and uh, hopefully you guys tune in and we have some good juicy bits to talk about
0: next week. But uh, until then, thanks again and remember to send the chow.